0: to the fantasy rewind podcast i'm your co-host dylan Stoll, and i'm joined as always by my friend mike hey so today we are continuing on with our percy jackson and the olympians breakdown going on to episode three which is titled we visit the garden gnome emporium we visit the garden gnome emporium again just loving these titles of the episodes very fun digging it all right, yeah. so before we get into any of the breakdown here, I'm just going to go through the typical reminders. Or if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're also on X, at Fantasy Rewind, and Instagram, which is at Fantasy All right, Mike, without any farther delay, let's dive into the rewind.
1: Fantasy <laughs> Rewind. Fantasy. <laughs> rewind. Alright, Dylan. So, episode three, what were your thoughts? A bit more action, a bit more action in this episode than the previous ones, but
0: overall thoughts? Yeah, so we get a little bit more action, a little bit more going on here. I did like how we had them basically taking the bus around, you know, starting on their hero's quest, their journey and everything, and then immediately getting found out by the monsters and having to ditch their plans and run through the forest, but... I really enjoyed that we are getting some classic Greek mythological creatures, like the Harpies, like Medusa, and just going and throwing it into that, uh, the Greek bucket that we all know and love for <laughs> for Percy Jackson. Um, I really am a fan of how they did Medusa in this episode. I think that at least in the first half, before she took off her little hair covering, she looked really good, and I loved how, like, there was the air of mystery about her as far as, like, what does she actually look like? You can't quite tell. And if you look too closely to find out, you're going to get turned to stone. So I thought that whole bit was really nice. And the foreshadowing that they did with Percy's mom telling him the stories of Medusa aren't necessarily the ones that you might have been suspecting. Being a little bit more sympathetic towards her in the stories that she told Percy kind of foreshadowed the way that medusa was portrayed in this episode so again i was a i was a pretty big fan of the way they did that and enjoyed this episode
1: yeah i would agree that was a good change from the books was how they kind of talked about and treated medusa in this and i think that really you know kind of reflects uh current views on a lot of those stories too and a lot of the stories that people are trying to tell now like Villains are not just villains. Monsters are not just monsters. They have motivations. They have reasons for doing things. And sometimes it's just a big misunderstanding in the case of Medusa. She got torn between the gods. And I think that's something the show's done a really nice job of so far is really showing how the gods kind of have a disregard for humanity Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Which uh, reflects Greek mythology. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool because then when Percy eventually does meet his dad, it's going to set up, they're, they've been setting up tension between them even though they haven't talked. And I think that's really good, especially with no, uh, knowing what I know about how this the first book ends. I'm intrigued to, like, they're kind of building to it in some interesting ways.
0: And I've always been a bigger fan of, like, the morally gray villain than, like, the straight-up evil, like, no-redeeming-quality villain. So, them throwing Medusa kind of in that category, I'm completely down with.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, in this episode, we get quite a few things going on. It starts off with camp. Um, Percy is getting his not fortune-told, oh my gosh, he's getting a prophecy. And this is really a big thing in all the Rick Riordan books. Anytime any of the heroes go out, they have a prophecy. Uh, And that was a big thing with, like, Greek mythology, too, Oracle, Adelphi, all of that, right? And so he gets a prophecy. In that prophecy, it's telling him, like, he's heading west, basically going to Hades, um, as far as they can tell. And that's a big thing with Oracle's, uh, the prophecies, too, is, like, You may think it means one thing, but after the fact, you'll be like, oh, that's what they meant. Mm -hmm. Um, But another piece of the prophecy was that he would be betrayed by somebody he calls friend. And he wouldn't get the thing that he needed or he was searching for the most or something like that.
0: And again, wording is so important because it's not that his quest is going to fail. It's that he's not going to get what matters most to him.
1: Yes. And so... That leaves so much room for interpretation. Is that his mom? Is that the lightning bolt? We don't know. I mean, (laughs) we know. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) But uh, that sort of sets the stage because he has to choose a few people to go with him, two people to go with him because the quests are always in groups of three since I was a very important number to the Greeks. And so he chooses Annabeth. Easy choice. Because he doesn't think... They would be friends, and so he's like, she won't be able to betray me. And the other one he chooses is Grover because he's the one he trusts the most. And so he thought between the two of them, he'd be okay. He did not choose Luke, even though, um, you know, and Luke was very understandable of this. Mm -hmm. He didn't choose Luke, though, and uh, even though, I mean, looking at Luke, I feel like you'd be the dude to go because you look like you could actually handle yourself. But, um, yeah, it was it was kind of fun how he didn't lead with that, but eventually in the episode, he sort of tells them that's why he chose them. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, like you said, they get onto the, they get on the bus. They're going to, you know, rescue his mom from Hades. Well, he knows rescue his mom from Hades. They just think it's get the bolt back. That's his really big goal. And on the way they get stopped by the harpies, which is different than in the books. I'm not quite sure how they ended up on the uh satyr path that they did and grover kind of mentioned like how th- this path was forged by his uncle ferdinand mm-hmm. and um yeah. but annabeth and percy are fighting the entire time and so we have that kind of bickering between like annabeth's like i'm in can, i'm the leader and percy's like well why did who decided you were the leader and so they have a lot of back and forth which I think is really interesting there's not a lot of trust there between them and in fact in this episode the Harpies try to make a deal with Annabeth to give Percy Jackson up and uh, she decides not to do that and it kind of goes full circle once they meet Medusa and Medusa tries to get Percy to give up Annabeth and Grover and she would help get the mom back I guess And, uh, both, both times the Annabeth and Percy choose to remain loyal to each other.
0: Which I mean, I'm glad about because if they did like a betrayal right out the gate like that, that would have been very unsatisfying.
1: (laughs) Oh, agreed completely. And it really wouldn't have made a good story. And Mm -hmm. anyone who's knows Percy Jackson story, uh, like storyline really knows Annabeth and Percy end up being really close. So Yeah, they're just kind of, they're doing a really nice job of building in with their distrust kind of also how they feel about the gods, their parents, and it all sort of has been melding together. Now, we do get some other important information, which kind of was brought up in the episode a few times. That was Talia, the daughter of Zeus, is not technically dead. She is instead has been turned into a tree in order to save her life, Zeus turned her into a tree.
0: So, what did you think about that? I thought that was pretty lame. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, oh, my kid is close to death. Let me save them. But you're telling me that the only option to keep her alive was to turn her into a tree and he couldn't like lightning bolt her up to Mount Olympus or whatever and save her there. Yeah,
1: again, this is showing the relationship between the gods and the demigods and how it's not very equitable.
0: The yes. demigods
1: do all the dirty work, do all these quests that can change the, you know, forces like change, change the all fates. the yeah, have so such an impact and the gods really can't help them at all. And it's it's shortish it, it really highlights why Percy is really upset about this. Like he's like he says the same thing you you did, Dylan. He's like, Why couldn't he do something else? And I mean, anyone listening to that would be like, Wait, what? Why'd he
0: turn her into a tree instead yes. of like just zapping whoever was chasing her I mean, I in his defense I guess that a tree does live a super long time unless it gets yeah. torn down. But that is really he could have done better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, it's all I think they're they're doing a really nice job of building towards uh, some payoff later on. So, because speaking, it's creating tension between the demigods
0: and gods. Speaking of doing better, one of my biggest complaints of this episode, and my wife Amy had the same one. In fact, she's the one that like really made me see how bad this really was. Was that they cheaped out and only gave the kids $200 to get from the East Coast to Los Angeles when there's three of them. It's like, how how are they going to afford that? They can barely get out of New Jersey for $200.
1: I don't disagree with you, Dylan. Uh, yeah, it's it's not really the best. Um, can't really explain that one.
0: I think they should have probably just said, here's a card. Use this when you need to. <laughs> and just left it blank as to how much. That's fair.
1: Now, I will say, too, I believe in the books it talked about how technology doesn't always work. The best with demigods mm. uh, But I don't know if they had brought that up in the show Or not and I could also be misremember- Misremembering on that one But I, yeah I agree they should have given him More money I do like that they Explained why Percy would not Be flying in the air oh yeah that made a lot of Sense Percy like brought up he was like Why couldn't they just bring us some Flight tickets and we'd be there in like You know a couple hours and he was like Well Zeus would probably be like hmm Son of Poseidon, you could be a problem.
0: Eh, yeah. Goodbye. So here's a question. I don't know. Like, it kind of pertains to this episode a little bit. But if they were to fly, if Zeus was missing his master bolt, could he still hurl lightning?
1: He controls the, I mean, he basically controls the sky. So I don't know about lightning, but it, he could definitely probably ground that plane. Mm. We don't, I mean, I, I agree with you. The master bolt may not be the... It, uh, that part was not explained and that's a good question
0: yeah it's more of like a greek mythological question than a percy jackson question
1: yeah i would just ass- i mean there's so many different interpretations i'm thinking of the hercules one uh <laughs> from the disney where he like of uses it and it makes like copies so mm. i wonder if he couldn't ju- or like he like makes a bunch i wonder if maybe he has some and he just like needs the master bolt to continue to creating more mm. but who knows uh, I do want to talk about, get into kind of the fight with Medusa. Uh, I liked, I really, I agree with you. I liked how they brought her in, in the show, or in the book. She is not right away found out. Whereas in the show, they're instantly like, oh, we know who this is. Um, and so there was a little bit, a little bit more of a um, kind of mystery to it. Even though reading it, I was like, obviously this is, medusa uh-huh uh, you're like come Antrim. on
0: character you know this
1: yeah but and how she's dealt with in the book is different as well she's not they don't put uh annabeth's invisible cap on her head and then cut it off instead what they do is uh percy uses like a glass orb to kind of see her reflection like perseus with the shield in the greek myth and cut her head off that way Now, I do like that they had Percy kind of go up and use Medusa's head to turn the other harpy into stone. I thought that was kind of, it was fun. Uh, It was, it showed that Percy was capable and it kind of, when you see Annabeth watching him do it after they've been arguing about, like, she should be the leader or not, I think that was kind of a moment for her to be like, okay, this kid can handle himself. Mm -hmm. He'll be okay. Like... It was kind of almost like a respect thing, I felt like. I didn't know your thoughts on that, or if you...
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, he came into camp with a reputation already for having taken down a Minotaur. But then he struggles with everything. And then Mm. he goes on this quest, takes Annabeth, who is, like, arguably the most accomplished person at camp. And Mm. so she's, like, naturally, she's the leader. But... Percy, this is his quest, really, and he did choose, like, companions for it, and I think Annabeth kind of begrudges him a little bit that he had to kind of give her the permission to go on the quest a little, and she couldn't go herself, even though she was ready, but, like, seeing him take down Medusa in front of her, with her help, of course, but then seeing him take out the harpy as well, it kind of showed her that Percy could get it done when he needed to get done, and so... I think that she still, you know, would like to be the leader, but she's okay, like, following along for now with him. And I think Percy's proven himself that even if it is mostly rookie luck, he can still have some success against the forces of evil. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The episode
1: kind of ends with um, Percy mailing the head of Medusa to the Greek gods, kind of as a... uh, a middle finger, finger. <laughs> if, if you will uh to them like hey we don't you know we're not going to be pawns in your scheme we're going to make our own choices even if it upsets you yeah i don't know if it's necessarily great mailing her head to them <laughs> right they open it like up turn to stone not not because of that so much as uh just that it it kind of is like that's counterintuitive a little bit because like well, no, I guess it makes sense. It's like sending like, hey, you made this mm-hmm. mess, if you will, Medusa, like you caused this and you need to look at what you've done. And I love that Hermes who picks it up is Lin-Manuel. I didn't even realize that when I was watching it. I was like, oh. <laughs> Any take last thoughts on the episode? Overall, I thought it was really good, So, uh, like I said. so
0: Yeah, I thought that this episode, for me, was an improvement over the first two. Um, I still think that there's just something that, like, isn't taking it all the way there for me, as far as uh, the show and everything. And I wish that there was, like... I don't even want to say, like, I wish I had more time, but like, I wish, almost, that we had actors who were a little bit older, because I'm kind of feeling the the weight of the child actors not necessarily giving it as much of a of a polish to their acting as i wish that they had at, at times but all in all it's still fairly enjoyable and i still like it enough to keep watching that's uh, the end of this episode yes uh, so real be back quick back before we time. get out of here yes quick question for you mike how many episodes have you watched i am keeping up to date with what we're recording
1: gotcha okay did start watching the next episode and i was like no i gotta wait
0: yeah i was i was curious if you're gonna be able to restrain yourself (laughs) i have i have been
1: doing that yes
0: all right all right well with that little last minute confession out of the way here this is gonna be it for us for this episode so it's gonna be two nerds signing off we'll see you next time goodbye bye (laughs)